Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Midnight Mass Book 2 Psalms is the episode of the show, the limited series, the Netflix series, Midnight Mass. I will be breaking down and spoiling, so if you've not watched the show, Midnight Mass, I wouldn't recommend listening to this show. Uh, unless you want to be spoiled, if you don't mind being spoiled, maybe you want to uh, just consume the story of that show in the form of me talking about it, which I will be doing in this episode, as I do every Tuesday, breaking down every episode of Midnight Mass. Uh, so let's get it started, shall we? Uh, this, the end of episode one was the storm was the people of Crockett Island waking up uh, and seeing the shoreline being filled with the carcasses of dead cats uh, being picked at by seagulls. Uh, this episode starts off with an amazing one shot. It's a very long shot. It's like a seven and a half, eight minute shot. Uh, all one take, which is amazing. And it is basically ma many members of the town uh, on the beach trying to figure out what's going on you have seagulls picking at the the dead cats you have the sheriff investigating uh you have the mayor showing up with his family the sheriff trying to tr trying to get them to wear some types of some type of protection because he doesn't know what happened with these cats he doesn't know if it's a parasite or a disease or what uh and of course the mayor not really heeding any advice uh, also rambling quite a bit, talking about all of the different things that have happened uh, on the island. Uh, like um, in 2002, there was a bunch of starlets that just dropped out of the sky for, for some apparent, no apparent reason. There's a, a pod of dolphins that, that you know were affected at one point. Uh, but the Uppards has not flooded in like 20 years, maybe more, which is an interesting statement. Because it kind of goes against the statement that Warren had in the first episode where every time the Uppards floods, everything washes up on the shoreline by his house and he has to clean it up. But if he's not 20 years old, this kid is like, you know, in his teens. So either the, the mayor is wrong about how long it's been since the upwards is flood or maybe he's out of touch with how often it floods or maybe some other thing but it's a little inconsistent or maybe it's just miss the writing of this show uh because i'm taking such a magnifying glass to everything uh to this mystery of what's going on in this island uh that i noticed uh, a discrepancy or maybe it'll be something that will be you know unveiled later on in the season uh, but the sheriff's not sure if it's a disease or an infection or anything. But they're definitely sure it's not the oil, not caused from the oil spill. You can tell because there's no smell. Uh, but also another crazy thing, another crazy aspect is that these cats are not bleeding. There is no blood. And the the sheriff or the the mayor's like, oh, maybe it's like an osprey or maybe it's some sharks. And if it's sharks, that's actually good news because. If there's sharks, that means there's fish, and if there's fish, that means that the populations are growing, and that's good news for a fishing community uh, as the Crockett Island is. Uh, and the sheriff has a plan to just burn these cats because he doesn't know disease-wise, 
uh, and there's hundreds of cats. He has his kid Ali uh, showing up with a gas can, but it's not enough gas uh, because they want to do to burn all these these dead cat carcasses. The mayor is kind of against that, but regardless, something needs to be done. Uh, and as they're walking down the shoreline, the mayor asks the sheriff to join mass because the island doesn't really like people who are loners. They like, they like people to be part of the community. And the sheriff is obviously Muslim and goes every Friday to mosque to do his praying. Uh, and the, the mayor's like, oh, that's great. That's great. So you have Sundays available. You can come and you can like be a part of the church mass which is kind of a ridiculous thing, but, it, you know, it's kind of like, it's an interesting thing, because he's trying to be nice, obviously, inviting the sheriff, but obviously, also, it's not a religious, like, it's, uh, you want him to participate in a religion that is not his own, you want him to participate in this weird, the, the weird rituals you do in a Catholic church, but, uh, you know, it's it's uh it's it's kind of an interesting character reveal for the mayor how much he's just rambling. Like he is somebody that clearly likes to talk to talk because he's rambling about all of the different things and is nonstop yapping and yapping. Uh, they come across Riley and uh, his dad as they're you know helping out. You know, I remember 2002, it was, a whole flock of starlings just fell out of the sky. Yeah, some storm. Riley was out in it, but he didn't see any cats on the beach. But you're out here during the storm? Why the hell would you do that? I, saw, I, I, thought, I thought I saw something. Yeah. Monsignor Pruitt. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know what I saw. Hey, you said you were sure last night. Well, I don't know. Well, he's on the mainland. Yes, I know. So then maybe you saw someone else. Someone doing something to these cats? I didn't see any cats. I, I think, anyway. I mean, I wasn't looking at the breakers. How you doing, Riley? Hmm? How's it treating you being back? Prayed for you every week. We certainly did. Yeah. Uh, thanks. It's fine. So Riley opening up to what he saw, and of course, kind of like, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily, nobody believes that he saw Pruitt, but he... You know, he saw somebody that's wearing the things that Pruitt wears. But obviously, Pruitt's a super old guy. He outran Riley on the beach. And he didn't notice any of the cats on the beach last night, which, you know, my I didn't go back and, and rewatch episode one. Uh, but I don't remember seeing cats up on the beach. Uh, so, you know, the t as far as timelines go, uh, whatever. So Riley kind of walks away from that group, kind of tired of the that kind of questioning uh, and uh, you know runs into Aaron who's on the beach as well Riley's you know warning her of toxoplasmosis don't want to get toxoplasmosis from the cats uh, and she's not too worried about it uh, and he apologizes for unloading on her which was weird because in the previous episode, she asks how he's doing, and he goes into the fact that he feels like he has no purpose, he has no prospects, like as far as what his life is now that he has, you know, gotten out of prison from his DUI, doesn't have any money left, he's back at home, like, it's a weird thing to apologize for, because it didn't seem like he put her, like, it didn't seem like it was that 
It didn't seem like something that you would have to apologize for. Let's put it that way. It seemed weird. But he apologizes anyway. Um, and at least she mentions now that he's, he's got some kind of purpose as far as disposing of these cats, hap, helping to dispose of these cats, which I guess, you know, silver lining, whatever. Um, and he starts to tell her about Pruitt, but then uh, ends up not doing it and uh, saying that he has uh, a ferry to catch. He's got an AA meeting that day. So they cut their their little walk and talk short. And then we go to cut to Father Paul is having his daily mass. And we see uh, Keen show up. Keen's there talking. Like Keen, there's a couple times in this episode where we see Keen outside of the church as people are filing in. And you hear her kind of talking down to all the other talking shit about all the other people that don't show up to church how sh how she's like such a better person because she shows up every day and the people that show up every day like lisa and annie uh flynn show up every day and how she's like better than them which is something that's i would say pretty authentic for a lot of churchgoers uh, how they just effortlessly look down and talk down to people that aren't the they aren't living the life that they are, uh, and it's it's just another aspect of Keen that uh, you know just makes me not like her. Uh, but it's Keen, Lisa, Annie, and then one other older lady that is there for the daily mass, uh, and they do their communion. And there's this shot, like while they're doing the daily mass. There's shots they cut to Riley at his AA meeting. There's this kind of comparison when they're doing the communion of the communion wafer and the sobriety chip that's being handed out. I would say definitely this, the show is, is comparing those two things, comparing, uh, you know, just the, the different aspects of the AA meeting and uh, daily mass. Um, and uh, cut to... Uh, after church, Lisa is walking. Well, she's rolling along in her wheelchair, and Paul is walking with her, Father Paul, after service. And uh, she asks him, you know, trying to get to know him a little bit more. Where were you before this? Everyone asks, you know, lots of gossips in our parish. Like, lots. I'd be happy to tell them if they'd ask me. But, well, that's the thing about where we've been it's important sure but it's not as important as where we're going and every place i was before where i am now well they were just leading me here even if i didn't know it at the time even if i didn't see it it's kind of like you i've lived here my whole life sure but there was a before for you too it was pointing you here and you know what that thing is that's pointing us where we're going whether we know it or not it's god he was pointing you here, same way he was pointing me here. Which is kind of an inter interesting statement. It's like almost like reincarnation-esque talk, like before. Before you were alive, God was pointing you here. It's also a non-answer, which is starting to be a common thing in this show, where people are asked questions. Instead of answering questions, they kind of talk about like he never says what he was doing before here it was just that 
he was destined to be here because of God. Uh, anyway, after that little little snippet, they see Joe and his dog, and they say hello, and Joe and the dog, well, obviously the dog doesn't say anything. Joe doesn't say anything back. He just kind of harumps and then walks away. Uh, obviously, Joe, not part of the church, one of the, the many people on the island uh, that don't participate in church, uh, especially the daily church aspect of it. Um, cut to uh, they're at the school which is interesting we see there's a little schedule posted on the wall and we're see we see that there's only two teachers uh, Miss Keene is one of the teachers which is horrible I would hate to sh seemingly she teaches the younger grades and then Miss Green A Aaron Green uh, is teaching the older grades and it's also interesting that the two history uh chunks of the day uh one of them is the civil war and the other one is world war ii like those are the only aspects of history that are taught in this school but and they are the only two teachers as well um and miss keen is kind of doing the or not miss keen uh aaron's doing some cleanup she goes to get more windex keen is in the storage closet and keen in her miss keen way tells Aaron of this story of her her mom who her mom you know she would always add more water to the Windex to get as much out of it and she wouldn't even she was so against waste that she would even keep the empty bottles and and there were times where we were just putting her bottle basically just bottle bottles of water up on the shelf and uh and how you her daughter uh, just have no problem going through a bottle of of Windex. Like, really just putting her down in the most Christian of ways. Uh, and uh, Aaron fires back with, like, yeah, my, my mom never met a bottle she wasn't able to empty. Uh, clearly referring to the fact that her mom was a massive alcoholic. And, uh, you know... Miss Keene wants to to use her mom as some example of how to be how to live live life the best better way uh and uh Aaron you know kind of throwing in her face the reality of what her mom was like and then you see Miss Keene with this this whole shelf full of poison uh Aaron asks her what the the thing is she's like oh this is poison back back in the day there was a big uh during the oil spill that all the rats were a massive problem and we'd put this poison out to to keep them from uh you know getting in the cupboards and everything and uh because of the cats uh that are now washed up there's got to be this massive predator that's out there there's got to be this dangerous predator so we're, i'm going to put this out in front of my house and uh and i could put it out in front of your house if you'd like as well um and uh you know she doesn't she doesn't uh, need that help from her but in, in an interesting thing considering what happens later on in the episode uh, cut to uh, Father Paul uh, heads over to Sarah the doctor's house uh, and uh, tells her that her mom or asks that her mom used to be one of the people that would show up to daily mass and now that she's older she's not attending uh, so Father Paul is there to basically do a house call uh, for her mom and uh, her mom mistakes mistakes him for being Mr. Pruitt uh, 
which Monsignor Pruitt, which is interesting. I have theories at the end of this after I go through the episode. I have theories for what's happening. I've never seen the show before, but I have theories for things that are revealed in this episode. Uh, and uh, her mistaking him for Mr. Pruitt is interesting. Um, but he does his thing, does the communion, all that kind of stuff, sets up his, you know, sets up one of her tables with all the paraphernalia of the rituals and uh, does his thing. Cut to uh, Riley walking home. Got back from the mainland from his AA meeting, and he's walking by uh, Aaron's house. She's out on her porch reading, and he doesn't say hello, and she brings attention to that. It's like, oh, you're just gonna just gonna walk by without saying hello, and you know he didn't want to bother her. Uh, and she asks how his day is, which is a question that he hasn't heard uh, while being in prison. Nobody asks what your day is because your day is exactly the same. Uh, and she gives him a pitch on what her day is like, telling him the morning sickness and having to deal with Miss Keene at school and having to be reminded that, you know, Miss Keene misses her mom and wishes she was there and not her and all this kind of stuff and all the, the, the morning sickness and the, the late day sickness and all that stuff. Um, and Riley doesn't want to keep his parents, so he cuts it short. And uh, she brings up how... You know, he hasn't changed much, how he was the same way, not wanting to keep his parents waiting, not wanting to disappoint his parents, uh, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if that means anything yet, but kind of an interesting thing that she's throwing in there. So he leaves, uh, cut to his house, and his mom, Annie, is sewing this giant banner and while sewing, she accidentally pricks her finger and makes it bleed. And we see at this point where she goes to look at it and it's blurry and she takes her glasses off and it's clear. And we see that she is now, the glasses are making her vision blurry versus the other way. Her eyes have gotten better. Which is another thing I'm going to talk about. Another aspect of this, this reveal that I'm going to talk about at the end. But we see that her vision is better. Riley gets home and she asks him how his day was. So again, he's asking how he's getting asked how his day was. And he kind of laughs it off. Uh, cut to Riley uh, laying down in bed. And he sees the girl again that he killed, sees the lights flashing on her. And he asks her how her day was, which is something that Assumingly, he's never asked this this vision, uh, this vision as he lays down, uh, as her day was. And he dreams again. Uh, he dreams of, uh, he's again in the rowboat. Uh, you're getting cuts of seeing Mr. Pruitt or Monsignor Pruitt on the beach or whoever it was on the beach. You're also getting these shrieks of seagulls during his dreams. And then cut to a wide shot, another wide shot of the island at night where only part of the island's lit up. But instead, this, this wide shot ends up flying into the homes. Not into the homes, but into the town itself. As if we are seeing this from the perspective of something that was flying above the island and is now, whether it's the giant albatross or not, is flying into the town 
flying around the town and landing inside of an abandoned house. Cut to the next day or whenever. It's Ash Wednesday now. You're seeing uh, Father Paul and the two um, altar boys uh, burning some palm leaves to be used as the ash for Ash Wednesday. Uh, you're seeing uh, people showing up. A lot more people are showing up, which is common for churches. People generally show up for the important holidays. Easter, Christmas, Holy Week in general tends to be a busier time for uh, churches. And of course, Mrs. Keene is, is giving her two cents as people are, are coming in. It's like, mm, look at all these people showing up when it's, you know, Holy Week. Meh, meh, meh. It's great to see so many of you here today. But um, I do have to ask, why not every Sunday? Christmas, Easter, I, I, I get that. But there's also always an uptick around uh, the start of Lent. Why is that? What, what's so special about today? Ash Wednesday, beginning of Lent. It's hardly a crowd pleaser. The, the beginning of repentance, making amends for our sins. Sin. This darkness, this blackness that spilled into us. That darkness, we, we wear it on our forehead today. Just a sponge of it, a, a smudge of death, of ash, of sin for repentance because of where this is all actually heading, which is Easter. Rebirth, resurrection, eternal life, life that rises again. Even out of blackness, love rises again. Even out of sin, and this island, it will rise again. Even out of disaster, rebirth, restoration, eternal life. Jesus sees you, sees you best of all, and he sees you true because don't forget, who did he seek out? Who did he turn to, to build his church, his apostles? Jesus's first disciples, they were fishermen. One of his first miracles, right? The nets are empty, fishermen desperate. Jesus says, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And when they pulled up those nets, a bounty of fish. He sees you. Oh yes, he sees you, brothers and sisters, and he will resurrect this island, and he will again fill your nets. It's great you're here today, but please keep coming back. Those doors, they're always open, as the gates are always open. You just bring yourself. God will do the rest. As Psalm 60 tells us, God, you have rejected us. You have broken us down. You have been angry. Restore us again. Do you know what Psalms are? They're songs. The word psalm from the Greek samoi, it means music, songs of prayer, songs of praise. That's who we are. That's who we must be. That's what it means to have faith, that in the darkness, in the worst of it, in the absence of light and hope, we sing. Restore us. We sing to the sky, and he will, my friends, he will. That same hand that dealt you your hardship, that same hand, will make you whole. I know that was a long clip, but I, it really shows how good of a speaker Father Paul is. Like, it's definitely motivational. I mean, they're in a, a fishing town that's been devastated, 
and you know having you know this this hope that god is going to fix everything and make it good uh is very common you know it's it's a great way to get those uh donation plates filled and uh you know he's great at it he's got a lot of emotion to it and i'm sure it's something that they aren't used to hearing a kind of energy especially with their old monsignor pruitt being 80 years old and slightly dementia having pot potential dementia uh probably wasn't delivering uh messages with such uh gusto as father paul is uh and then they do the crosses you know smearing the the cross of ash uh, you have Riley's mom encouraging him to go up. It's different than communion. This is a blessing. Uh, so Riley does. He goes up and he gets the blessing of the cross uh, from uh, Father Father Paul. Uh, and then cut to after church, there is the crock pot luck, which in the previous episode I mentioned how interesting it was that they referred to the island as the crock pot. Uh, I didn't even realize when I said that the, the island was called Crockett Island. So it kind of makes sense. Still, uh, I would say the, the comparison of the island to a container that holds food and that cooks food. Uh, and then his wife mentioning that comparing the island to a pinata, which is another vessel that holds edible materials in it. Uh, I think is uh, an interesting aspect that was still present in the last episode. Uh, but I, I missed the fact that the island was called Crockett. So it makes, fence, makes sense. Crockpot Luck, uh, which is their Easter festival. Uh, it was coined after uh, Pruitt. It was his favorite holiday, uh, which we find out that it's also uh, Father Paul's favorite holiday. Uh, you have music and food and beer and all of this stuff. Uh, Keen uh, talks about how she used to like it better. Everything was better before. Always like a very negative person, Miss Keen. Talking, you know, being, being uh, critical of the people who don't show up to church as often as she does. Uh, being critical of how things have changed, how things were better back in the day. Uh, and uh, just that type of a person. Always like... Always just negative. Always negative. Always like, uh, you know, passive aggressive. Uh, you see Sarah, Dr. Sarah. She's there on a date with a woman. Whoa, progressive island. Uh, and uh, her date is telling her how, you know, you told me about the island. It's like, you're right. You need to get out of here. And uh, Sarah's like all about getting out of here, but she has to take care of her mom. Uh, and they look over and they see Father Paul staring at her and she says that it's weird because that's what monsignor pruitt used to do as well and it's as if he's staring at her that knows that she's gay you know judging silently judging as religious people do very common for religious people to look down upon anybody that is different in any other way uh so uh and another thing that that's very similar to what happened to her mom, thinking that that Father Paul was Monsignor Pruitt, and we find out that uh, uh, that 
that uh, he goes to sit down. Father Paul goes to sit down. Riley's sitting on a bench, goes to sit down. And uh, Riley talks about how, you know, this is – or uh, Father Paul talks about how this is his favorite holiday. And uh, Riley mentions that it's the same as Monsignor Pruitt, uh, another thing. And he asks about how uh, Pruitt is doing, how his health is doing, uh, and mentions that he thinks he saw him on the beach and Father Paul uh, – dismisses that uh, saying that he oh he actually talked to monsignor pruitt that very night on a landline specifically uh so he knows it couldn't have been him um also he's very sick and there's probably not even going to come back to the island uh which all of these things are adding to my suspension suspicions of what the reality what's actually going on here uh but they kind of have a back and forth uh, Paul's father, Paul mentions that, um, he gives a pitch to have an AA meeting on the Island to save Riley from having to go to the mainland every week to give him more time, uh, to, to do that. And, uh, you know, it, they talk about how, you know, there's a lot, it could be, you could be setting a good example for people on the island. And he mentions how Joe is over there by the bar drinking, getting drunk, as Joe does. We mention, we find out why Lisa is in the wheelchair, that Joe was drunk and just out shooting one day. Father Paul says he was hunting, but, you know, Riley says, oh, he wasn't really hunting. Not a lot of big game on the island. He was just kind of out shooting to shoot and uh, apparently shot Lisa uh, causing her paralysis, causing her inability to to walk again, being in the wheelchair itself. And uh, their conversation is interrupted by Aaron, which I'm sure Riley is happy with. So they walk away uh, and they talk about how uh, it's interesting, the, the drink tickets that are being handed out and how the alcoholic and the pregnant woman uh, are still given drink tickets and she tells the story about her mom and how her mom used to go around to everybody and and ask for their drink tickets that they weren't going to use until she ended up with just a giant pile of drink tickets and she says that was you know it was always a, a rough night after one of these festivals with my mom uh just again talking about how she was this ma massive alcoholic uh, and Riley tells her, it's like, well, you're nothing like her. Even though, like, she's mentioning that she's living this, this life that is so similar to what her mom's was. She's doing the same job. She's literally sitting in the same seat that she, her mom sat at in church. She has the same job. She, she lives in the same house. She sleeps in the same room. Like, every aspect of her, she basically has replaced her mom. Aside from the drinking, she's not the alcoholic, so she is different in that way, at least. Um, cut to Joe's dog. Joe starts screaming, and we see that his dog is passed out and uh, just oozing from the mouth. The dog dies, shows Miss Keene, who is just emotionless. Like, you want to talk about somebody. I mean, this show is definitely trying to get me to believe that Miss Keene, which is not a stretch to believe, that Miss Keene poisoned Joe's dog. She had poison earlier. She's already tr accused the dog of snapping at her in the previous episode. 
she is somebody who is clearly doesn't care about this dog has zero emotions as far as an animal dying in front of her but we don't know we don't know so the dog is dying the sheriff's asking what what happened uh the doctor sarah asks if she can you know help she's a doctor she's not a vet and she doesn't really do much she just asks like oh the dog eat anything and joe's like of course the dog like joe knows somebody poisoned his dog wasn't an accident joe doesn't believe it's an accident and also joe is kind of the the black sheep of the island anyway they don't like him because of a lot of reasons and there's reasons to not like him considering that we now know that he's responsible for lisa being uh in a wheelchair but regardless doesn't doesn't justify killing his dog like he is one of aside from the gun aspect of joe him and riley are the two characters that i relate to the most in this show riley's uh view of religion definitely and also joe at the same time i like i relate to both of those guys uh the most out of everybody on this show but anyway he doesn't think the it was he doesn't think it was an accident let's take a little break from the ray taylor show to promote my live art streams that's right i am an artist as well as a podcaster and i paint live every thursday at 4 20 pacific time head on over the best place ever for streaming youtube.com slash inspired disorder that's right every thursday at 4 20 you can watch me paint the many faces every week i paint seven new faces of abstract portraits ink on paper and you can watch that happen can hang out with me while I listen to a classic episode from one of my favorite podcasts. Head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and check it out. Say hi. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. Let's paint some faces. Now let's get back to the show. Cut to the next morning. Riley wakes up early, offers to help his dad out on the boat just to give another reason for purpose for Riley. Give him something to do. His dad looks to go find him some shoes uh, where they go out on the boat and they're, they're, crab tr they're uh, pulling up crab traps. Uh, and we see that his dad is, doesn't have apparently had back problems before, uh, which Riley was concerned about when he picked up one of the pods. Uh, but the dad's like, no, no, my back's actually doing good. So another thing, we have the mom eyesight being restored. Dad's bad back getting better which is interesting and that's kind of him out fishing is mirrored with like they're cutting back and forth with uh another day at church keen at church again talking shit at church how uh, you know ash wednesday's done so now it's like the let barely anybody's there again How people just don't show up daily. And we have Lisa and Annie showing up again for the daily service as they do. You know, they seem to be the only two people of the town. Riley's mom and Lisa and Miss Keen are the ones that show up every day. Uh, cut to later on, Miss Keen is putting away art supplies in that same closet as before where the cleaning supplies are and where that giant, that shelf filled with poison is. 
and she is greeted while she's putting away these art supplies by the sheriff. Can I help you there? <sighs> sheriff, my goodness, you startled me. Uh, what on earth brings you here? Can't imagine your job brings you here, does it? Last thing we need is one of our kids in trouble. No, 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 it's nothing like that. I'm just following up on our little island mystery. The cats. The dog. We confirmed it. It was poison. Oh, that's tragic. You know, I was wondering, um, you were, you were talking a while back about that rat stuff, um, compound, what is it? 1080. 1080. That's it behind you, isn't it? It is. And yes, you're correct. After those cats, not knowing what on earth could have done it, I put some out strategically, carefully around my property. A few others requested I do the same for them. And if that poor dog, if it ingested some accidentally, well, I'll just be a wreck. Is that what you're telling me? Please, if that's what occurred, if you're certain, well, I don't know if I'll ever forgive myself. So is it? And are you? Certain, I mean. I'm not telling you that. Can't say just about anything for certain. Anyone else? Tend to have access to those chemicals? Well, I should hope so. They're for the whole island, after all. We just store them here. Heck, you walked right on in here, didn't you? If you had wanted to grab a gallon, who'd have known it? You are right, Sheriff. I see what you're getting at, and you are right. I should really lock these up. You have a good day, Beth. You do the same, Sheriff. So obviously she seems guilty, deflecting, you know, even going so far as to imply the sheriff could be responsible. She wasn't even thinking about the dog that just died. She was only thinking about the cats. So, you know, I mean, I guess it, it kind of makes sense. Like, if she did put it out just for the cats, then that would be the reason why she thought of it. But at the same time, th just the way she responds to the whole thing seems like she's guilty. And it wouldn't be surprising but also, it seems like the show is trying to show that she's guilty, and maybe that she's not. Who knows? Who knows? She seems sketchy. She seems like she's got other things going on. She doesn't seem to like anybody in this town, really. You know, she likes to be in control of things. Uh, cut to, we are at Joe's trailer, and Bowl is there working on his generator. Uh, we have the sheriff showing up to let uh, Joe know that he talked to Miss Keene and that she insists she wasn't the one who poisoned the dog, which, of course, makes Joe laugh because, of course, she's going, oh, she insists. Well, then it must be. It must be. We also see that uh, that the sheriff knows that Bowl is dealing drugs, which, you know, wouldn't be that. It's such a small town. If you don't know where the kids are getting weed, which, I mean, come on, let's, let's get past calling weed drugs. Okay, Sheriff? I mean, obviously, he doesn't seem like it's meth or anything. He's not too worried about the fact. But he is, you know, accusing, and he, you know, does kind of threaten to 
do a search, uh, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's just uh, I like the sheriff, but the fact that he is a police officer, you know, he's still a bastard. So uh, Bull leaves, of course, and and sheriff is just talking talking to Joe. And sheriffs and Joe's like, listen, I knew Keen since grade school, and she's always been the same. She killed half of the island with the settlement, which, you know, we haven't gotten into that yet. We haven't heard too much of that aspect of the story, what happened after that oil spill. Um, and, you know, he knows that that she's the one who did it. He, he's known her since grade school, and the sheriff's like, you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong about her. So the sheriff is just as suspicious as everybody watching the show would be with how she's acting. But at the same time, they don't, despite the fact that they have proof that the animal was poisoned, they don't have proof of intent. They don't have proof that she intentionally poisoned the dog. Like, technically, the dog could still have accidentally, quote-unquote, gotten into something that had the poison on it uh, and that caused him to die. Either way, the she is on the sheriff's radar as far as that. And, uh, you know, as far as Joe's concerned, still another, like, that would be so, like, you living in a place, right, being Joe, living on an island where th the majority of people don't like you, The one of the only friends you have is your dog, aside from Bull, who treats you like a human, like, of course you would drink all the time. Like, you're ostracized by her. You don't feel welcomed by anybody. So what is the point to try and socialize and be friends with these people that... And it's kind of a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You drink and they don't like you. And they don't like you because you drink. But whatever. I, I sympathize with Joe. Despite the fact that he's not a... He's, you know, he's responsible for some bad stuff. Uh, cut to we have Paul and Riley inside the giant rec room that was discussed in the previous episode uh, as far as being a potential shelter during the storm, this giant rec room of when we saw what the church looked like, quote-unquote, when it was packed for Ash Sunday, the pews were not full, right? Instead of three people at church, it was maybe 20 out of a max capacity of maybe 50 people could fit in that church so it was like half full and they were talking like it was packed to the brim uh and then they have this gigantic rec room where you could potentially see like you know maybe two full-size basketball courts inside maybe one full-size basketball like it is giant this rec room and it's just riley and paul sitting in the middle of it facing each other uh for this kind of awkward aa meeting uh and uh they don't know really where to start and they do the little, do a little prayer or whatever. And uh, Riley says he wants to talk about the room that they're in. And primarily Miss Keene and how she encouraged everybody on the island to take the payout from the oil company when the oil spill was. And nobody really did the math to see if it was even a good deal. They just kind of trusted her. And how... Not only did she encourage them to take the money, but then she also encouraged them to donate a lot of that money 
to the church, and since the church was being run by an 80-year-old senile old man in Mr. Pruitt, in Monsignor Pruitt, that basically all of these people were giving money to Miss Keene, and that she justified taking all that money by building this ridiculous, pointless, gigantic rec room that probably didn't even cost the amount of money that she collected, and how Riley relates that to how kind of churches in general kind of operate how they are just these ticks these parasites that pop up in impoverished areas and you have these poor people donating what little money they have to a church that has zero problem expanding zero problems being this giant shiny beacon of prosperity in in uh, instead of actually helping people out which is something, another reason why I absolutely agree with and love Riley. I mean, it is 100% in my opinion. Uh, and they're doing it all tax-free. They're tax-exempt for the money that they get. And when it comes to Catholic churches, which is not something Riley points out about the Catholic Church and one of the negative aspects of the Catholic Church, is that the Catholic Church is well known historically for abusing children in many ways, primarily of the sexual nature. So much so that the church itself protects the abusers more than the abused. And they're collecting tax-free money to invest in their real estate holdings. So he goes off on the church. And, of course, Paul realizes that, oh, you're, <laughs> you're clearly not religious in, in any way. Uh, and, but he knows that at one point he was. one point he was, you know, part of the church. Like, I, I relate a lot to Riley in the fact that similar to Riley I was uh, a big part of the Lutheran church I went to I was uh, an acolyte I was you know one of the 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 people that helped in the 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 performance of the church services the performative aspects of the church um I was an you know I was uh, like many many kids that work for churches unpaid child labor for the church, I was a performer, right? That's what you're doing. The priest gets paid for his performance, but all the children that help out, they don't get paid. It's, you know, they're, God will pay you in tenfold. Uh, but yeah, so Paul is aware of, of Riley's past with the church, um, but no longer. And uh, they go into the different types of, of AA, of Alcoholics Anonymous type of things or recovery uh, programs in general. And how Riley says that there's other ones. There's not just the, you know, the recovery programs that believe in a quote-unquote higher power. But there's these other ones, these addictive voice recovery, um, non-religious recovery programs. And, uh, you know, how... Which is, you know, definitely an interesting kind of a way to attack what is addiction and how to control addiction. Father Paul mentions that, you know, one in 12 people have 
or alcoholic or struggle struggle with alcoholism. He's like, that's a very interesting number. It shows up a lot, which is it's kind of convenient, which I'm sure I don't know the statistics, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that's just something. There's a lot of th- convenient things that who cares the number one out of 12. What is that? Oh, oh, one out of 12 people are alcoholics. Oh, one of the one out of the 12 disciples uh, betrayed Jesus. Okay, so that what that makes it honest and true out of a book that was edited and, and stories that were written hundreds of years after the events that they're depicting. Sure. Okay. That's a scientific connection. One out of 12. So many, so many correlations between science, the, the science of addiction and the science of religion. Okay, Father. Um, and of course, Father Paul says, oh, it's, it's a gift. You know, suffering is a gift. And then, you know, Riley goes off. Alcohol isn't good or bad. But the version of me that would come out when I had enough to drink, he was bad. He was selfish and careless and he ruined my life. There was a saboteur inside of me. And I always thought we'd, you know, we'd work it out. We'd, we'd learn to live with each other because he wouldn't really hurt me. Not me, I fed him so he wouldn't hurt me. And then one morning I woke up and found out he killed someone. I killed someone. So who's to blame there? I am to blame there. God. <laughs> well, he just kind of let it happen, didn't he? See, that that's the part I cannot square. Because you're right, there's there's so much suffering in the world. So much. And then there's this higher power. This higher power who could erase all that pain, just wave his hand and make it all go away, but doesn't? No. No, thank you. The worst part is that it lets all the rest of us off the hook. We can all just stand by and watch Lisa Scarborough wheel herself around town. We can watch Joe Colley slowly drink himself to death. We can watch so many people just slip into these bottomless pits of, of awful, and we can stand it. We can tolerate it because we can say things like God works in mysterious ways. Like like there's a plan, like something good's gonna come out of it. Nothing good came out of my drinking. Nothing good came out of me killing that poor girl. Nothing good came out of Joe Colley's drinking and not a single good thing comes out of Lisa never being able to walk again. Nothing good came out of a metric ton of crude oil filling up the bay. And the only thing, the only fucking thing that lets people stand by watching all this suffering doing nothing, doing Fucking nothing is the idea that suffering can be a gift from God. And of course, Father Paul kind of, you know, says that same thing that like, yeah, there's God can take these bad things that happen and there and make them into good things. Very similar to his his uh, sermon on Ash Wednesday, how, you know, all the bad things that have happened to the island can be turned into good things. And it's like just stating that good things happen and bad things happen is not proof of a God, you know? Like bad things happen and then good things come out of the bad things that, ha- and that's the sign of God. It's like, or 
do good things happen and bad things happen in life. And that's just kind of the cycle of life of good things and bad things. And something that, again, Riley didn't point out in this, all of the bad things that happen is the bad things that literally are done in God's house. But I'm sure th the show isn't trying to go there. Uh, but anyway, I 100% agree with, with that. And it's, you know, at the same time, you see how Father Paul tries to react to that and, you know, try to turn it into a good thing. It's going to be good. This is, this, these are just messages. These are just things, trials that God gives you. Let's take a little break from the show to promote the many faces. That's right. I am also an artist. I do ink paintings on paper of abstract faces. A new face, a new painting gets released every single day over at InspiredDisorder.com. So head on over to my website to purchase original artwork directly from the artist. Also, there are prints available for select images. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com, buy original art, buy prints if that's your jam if you want 8 by 10 prints on high quality paper also if you're looking to wear some art there are shirts available with original artwork by myself select faces from the many faces are also available in t-shirt form you go to inspiredisorder.com you buy original artwork you buy prints you buy shirts you're supporting an artist directly and if you're the type of person that likes to invest in nfts there are also nfts available for select faces go to inspiredisorder.com now and now let's get back to the show uh cut to aaron going through photos she hears a banging on a roof and then outside one of her windows she's looking out one of her windows and she kind of sees something move out in the distance uh and then later she's going to peeing she's sitting on the toilet peeing and she again she's she's looking out the window uh and she sees she notices that there's some blood in her panties uh, and she goes to the doctor it's late at night she's apologizing to the doctors like, i'm sorry i'm here and the doctor's like no it's good this is why i'm here if something was wrong it's better to to know right away than to wait until the morning and she assures aaron that nothing is wrong and that everything is okay she lets her listen to the, the baby's heart. Um, and then later we see, uh, after she leaves, we see uh, her mom, Sarah's mom, freak out because she, she thinks she sees somebody outside her window. Uh, and, and again, uh, she's calming her down. Um, I'm assuming it's the same thing that Aaron saw outside of her window. It followed her. Uh, assuming it's the same thing that we saw flying through town assuming maybe it's the same thing that riley saw on the beach that night potentially cut to bull walking down the street it's late at night all this stuff happening bull walking down the street he walks by that empty house that we saw whatever was flying around land inside of and he sees, he like calls out, he sees, like, he thinks he hears something inside, he calls out, and there's this echo. Hello? Somebody there? Hello? Somebody there? 
Who's that? Who's that? So definitely creepy. He goes inside and we see the glowing eyes that we saw all over the upwards when the kids were there to smeak, smoke and drink. Right? The, the eyes that assumed to be cat's eyes glowing in the night. And we see those glowing eyes and we see them rise. We see this creature stand up big and tall in the corner of this dark abandoned building that Uker, or that Bull just walked inside of. And we see that thing attack Bull. The door closing. Cut to the next morning or the next Sunday mass. Uh, we see, you know, the church has more people in it. We see Paul uh, staring while the they're singing songs or whatever. We see Father Paul just staring at Lisa while the songs are being sung. Then cut to communion, uh, where he's going to walks to go give Lisa communion, but instead takes a step back causing her to kind of wheel herself forward to to receive the communion and he like backs away again up the stage and everybody's like what are you doing like this is wrong everybody's getting angry because like clearly he's like why are you making this disabled person in a wheelchair come to you go up like how are they going to go up how what are you doing and of course she stands up out of her wheelchair, walks up the stairs to receive communion, and that's how this, uh, this episode ends. So some crazy things. First off, there's three characters so far that have been healed. We have, we have uh, obviously, Lisa. We have uh, Riley's dad and Riley's mom. Dad's back. Mom's vision are, are getting better. Uh, but dramatically healed with lisa's being able to walk which is a crazy thing uh my theories right first off i think i kind of think that father paul is monsignor pruitt i kind of think that and kind of don't think that i think that obviously because mrs gruner mistaked him for it i think that because father paul does a lot of the same things that Monsignor Pruitt does as far as like staring at Sarah, uh, as far as uh, the, you know, the Easter time being uh, his favorite time of year. Uh, there's a lot of similarities that they have that have been pointed out in this episode. The reason why I don't think that is that if he was somehow a younger version of himself, people would recognize and would vocalize that he looks like Monsignor Pruitt, which at this point nobody has said, aside from the old lady, from Sarah's mom thinking that it's him you would think people like Miss Keene or anybody, everybody everybody would be saying it oh you look a lot, like they would think it's his son or something right, you would recognize what somebody looks like if they looked, so that aspect of it, either it's bad writing or maybe he doesn't look like Monsignor Pruitt for some reason. Uh, but it seems like he is the same person, potentially. Also, I think that the thing flying around is a vampire, which that's based on more of just what I've heard of the show. Uh, also, just, you know, what creature flies around. It stood up. It attacked somebody blood is missing from the cats like maybe this vampire was feeding on the cats and you know there wasn't enough blood there maybe that's why monsignor pruitt was wearing the 
the the the kind of robe of uh, feast or special times was it was the vampire and we saw when he showed up with that giant chest that something was in the chest so maybe the vampire was in that chest which chest coffin same thing but that would be my 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 thought process before that and maybe paul is the familiar of the vampire right the assistant of the vampire uh that's not not quite not quite a vampire but you know is is uh you know been changed by the vampire in some way which i think the vampire is the people that are being healed on the island and maybe paul is one of these people is their vampire's blood is actually in the sacrament, is actually in the wine, which, you know, the wine is supposed to represent Jesus' blood. So it would make sense for the vampire to also have his blood in that, you know, as, you know, thematic kind of thing of the show that's clearly comparing alcoholism to what could be vampirism, uh, but also the blood, the communion that these people are taking, especially uh, Lisa who shows up every day, especially uh, his mom that shows up every day, how they're getting better because they're taking this communion more. Maybe we'll see um, Sarah's mom get better. Maybe start to become more clear headed because now she is again, because Paul is going to her house She's getting this regenerative vampire blood, potentially. And also, we might see how the fact that Riley and Aaron aren't taking the alcoholic, the wine sacrament. You know, when you do communion, you can, if, for, if you're an alcoholic or whatever, or pregnant, and you don't drink alcohol, they have an alternate, like, grape juice version of communion uh, when you take communion. So... If there is, if this thing that is changing these people is in the communion, then Riley and Aaron won't be affected by that because they aren't taking, assuming they aren't taking the tainted communion. Anyway, those are my predictions potentially for what's going on. I also think Miss Keene killed the dog. Uh, I don't think she killed the cats. I think she might know, potentially, maybe. I don't know. But those are my, my assumptions so far with the show uh, for episode two or book two, Psalms. And uh, I'm excited to see where the show goes. I'm excited to see now that like we're getting a little bit more of the mystery. We're seeing that the thing is in the town now. It's not just on, on the uppers, which clearly it seemed like that's where it started and now... It is searching for food on the where the people are. So we'll see. Till next episode. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch!
Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.